Heart to Heart Catholic Media Ministry presents Lessons from the School of Suffering. A young priest with cancer teaches us how to live. Written by Father Jim Willig with Tammy Bundy. Father Jim Willig courageously began to record this audiobook, but when the demands of cancer overwhelmed his strength, he asked his friend, Brian Patrick, to complete the reading. Brian touches our hearts as he finishes chapter one and continues reading this extraordinary journey of prayer. Hello, I'm Father Jim Willig, the Catholic priest and pastor of Saints Peter and Paul Parish in Reading, Ohio. And it is indeed my privilege to share with you this first chapter of a book that I recently wrote, along with the help of Mrs. Tammy Bundy, a book entitled Lessons from the School of Suffering. I might mention that it was just two years ago that I first learned that I contracted terminal cancer. And the type of cancer was kidney cancer, otherwise known as renal cell cancer. Tammy Bundy, who is a professional writer, was able to assist me in rewriting my journal of thoughts and reflections about all that the Lord has been teaching me during these last two years. The first chapter is The First Day of School. I include this small and brief scripture passage. They strengthened the souls of the disciples and encouraged them to continue in the faith, saying, It is through many persecutions that we must enter the kingdom of God. That is from Acts chapter 14, verse 22. I felt drawn to go to church. Of course, since I am a priest, that statement may not seem unusual, but there was absolutely nothing unusual about this particular church or place. This church was the church of the Holy Sepulchre, and I was in Israel leading a pilgrimage. The church contains the very site where Jesus died on Calvary, and also where he was then laid in the tomb and rose from the dead. I'd always been fascinated by the fact that these two most sacred sites of brutal crucifixion and glorious resurrection are only about 20 yards apart and under the same roof. And so it was that I felt drawn to come to that sacred site every morning at 6 o'clock to pray before the pilgrim day began. Little did I know that those early morning prayers served to turn the page on a chapter of my life that no one willingly wants to begin. In my prayer at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, I would ask Jesus to teach me about his death and resurrection and what they mean in my life. It was at this sacred site that our pilgrim group celebrated Mass one day. I was privileged to preach at this Mass. I shared with everyone about my sister, Lara, who had recently discovered that she had breast cancer. I witnessed how her cancer had brought her closer to the Lord. Despite her suffering through chemotherapy and radiation and treatments, as well as the anxiety and uncertainty of her illness and life, she spoke of this period as a time of bitterness and tenderness, a time when she felt both so alone and yet so loved. The lesson I highlighted in my homily was that the way we suffer often becomes the way we experience God's blessing in disguise. Granted, at times our suffering seems to be a good disguise indeed, but just as the Church of the Holy Sepulchre 
contains the place of Jesus' death and the place of his resurrection so often in our lives, the very situation that causes us so much pain or sorrow is the very place we can experience God's blessing and new life. Proves to be somewhat prophetic that I shared those same thoughts at the holy place where Jesus died and rose. Shortly after returning from the Holy Land, in fact, just days after, I went to my doctor who ordered a CAT scan for me. When I returned for the results of this scan on July 6, 1999, my doctor said words to me that forever are burned in my memory. You have renal cell cancer. When Dr. David Crick shared this news, I was so shocked. I could hardly believe it. Was he really talking to me? Maybe I just had misunderstood. But then he invited me to see the x-ray that showed my right kidney enlarged with a 10-pound tumor the size of a football. I would later come to understand that renal cell cancer is often referred to as a silent and hidden cancer. It hides itself inside the kidney, which is encased in the rib cage, and there are rarely any symptoms. I felt confused and overwhelmed. All I know is that I needed to pray. So I, I asked Dr. Crick if he would mind if I said a prayer right there in his office. He graciously agreed, and I offered this simple prayer. Dear Lord, I place my life in your hands. Amen. Seldom had prayer seemed so intensely heartfelt. As I walked out of the doctor's office, I knew my life would never be the same. At age 48, I found myself back in school. Only this school was a school of suffering. This school requires classes virtually no one willingly signs up for. The tests are all hard. The assignments at times seem impossible. Nevertheless, the lessons I've learned in this school had taught me more than I ever dreamed I would know. You might even say they could fill a book. Alone, I drove back to the rectory where I live at St. Peter and Paul Church, and I couldn't help but think, this must be why people shouldn't drive after receiving bad news. My mind was on the road ahead of me, but not the road I was driving on. Everything seemed as if it were happening to someone else. How could I have cancer? I had always been blessed with such good health. Just a few months before, I had suspected something was growing in me, and this suspicion initially led me to my personal physician. After thoroughly examining me by probing, touching, and listening with his stethoscope, my doctor concluded that there was nothing wrong that he could detect. He mentioned that he could send me for a CAT scan if I was really worried. I remember saying, if you don't think anything is wrong, I feel no need to look for trouble. But two months later, the trouble had found me. As I headed back to church, I recalled how each morning the last several weeks I would pray in church, standing before the altar while looking at Jesus on the cross. I would place my hands and my heart on that altar, and I would offer my life to the Lord. I imagined that maybe the Lord would want to use me in a special way, over and above how he was already using me as a pastor and a priest. I even told the Lord I would offer whatever he would want, regardless of the sacrifice or suffering that may be involved. I just wanted to give my whole life to Jesus for the greater honor and glory of God and for the salvation of souls. Little did I realize what that would mean. Someone once warned me, be careful what you pray for. I soon arrived back at the church. While standing before the altar, I remember the exact prayer that I had been offering daily 
The Prayer of St. Ignatius Take, Lord, receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, my entire will. Give me only your love and your grace. That's enough for me. Your love and your grace are enough for me. Take, Lord, receive all I have and possess. You have given all to me. Now I return it. Give me only your love and your grace. That's enough for me. Your love and your grace are enough for me. Take, Lord, receive all is yours now. Dispose of it wholly according to your will. Give me only your love and your grace. That's enough for me. Your love and your grace are enough for me. Now, having entered this new school of suffering, I stood before the altar and I prayed again, but this time my prayer was less pious. It was simply, Jesus, this is not what I meant. What are you doing? Is this your answer to my prayer? If it is, can we talk about it? Then I began to cry quietly, not just because I have cancer, but because I didn't feel I was ready to give my entire life unconditionally to the Lord as I had earlier prayed and promised. I truly wanted to live this prayer and promise, but I was overwhelmed by my human emotions of fear and anxiety. As a priest, I had seen so many parishioners and friends suffer and die from cancer, and I didn't feel ready or willing yet to be such a martyr. As I stood again before the altar, filled with both holy desire and human fear, the last verse of that prayer came back to me. Take, Lord, receive, all is yours now. Dispose of it, wholly according to your will. Give me only your love and your grace. That's enough for me. Your love and your grace are enough for me. With those beautiful words still echoing through my heart, I said yes to the Lord. Because I had cancer, my life was truly the Lord's to do with as he will. From that moment on, I knew only one thing for certain. I do not know what my future holds, but I know who holds my future. It was time to start sharing the news with others. One of the first persons I shared my news with was Rose, a member of our parish staff who was assisting me in initiating the Network of Care, a program to assist and care for the sick, suffering, and elderly in our parish community. The first meeting of the Network of Care was to take place the same afternoon that I went to the doctor. I told Rose I would be back in time for my appointment for this important meeting. Due to my lengthy doctor's visit, however, I missed the meeting. Later, when I shared with Rose that I had renal cell cancer, I told her how ironic it was that I would be the first patient in the network of care. For me, there is no better example of a network of care than my family. And that evening, I had to face the difficult task of telling them, my good and loving family, two parents and ten brothers and sisters, what I had just learned. Earlier, they had been called and told that I needed to tell them something. Except for my two sisters who live out of town, everyone came to our parents' home to hear what I had to say. As a priest, I am quite accustomed to presiding at mass and services, at meetings, and frankly, just about anywhere out of habit. That night was no different. Taking charge of the family meeting, I came right out and said that I had just learned that afternoon that I had cancer and that I was placing my life entirely in God's hands. Later, my family would comment that it was as if I were presiding at a news conference. I couldn't really fool my family, however. Sensing my fears and realizing the severity of this diagnosis, they immediately gathered around me in a circle of prayer and support. Although I had hardly begun to feel the burden of this life-and-death situation, 
I felt tremendous relief in knowing that my family was with me all the way. We prayed and cried and somehow actually laughed about me being the least likely person in the family to have cancer. It was at that moment that I realized the only way I would get through this school of suffering would be with the help of God and others. But still, I had no idea yet what the requirements were for this school. Lessons Suffering can be one of life's best teachers. Every difficult situation invites us to take a class or course in the school of suffering. Suffering can be a blessing in disguise if we are willing to accept it. It is wonderful and good to offer our lives entirely to the Lord, but we need to be prepared for anything to happen. Assignment Try not to dread suffering. Believe that it is not the worst thing that could happen to you. Try to accept every problem and all suffering as opportunities to learn and grow. When faced with suffering, ask yourself, what can I learn from this? In difficult times, pray, Lord, I place my life in your hands. Prayer. The Prayer Before the Crucifix Most high, glorious God, enlighten the darkness of my heart and give me true faith, certain hope, and perfect charity. Sense and knowledge, Lord, that I may carry out your holy and true command. St. Francis of Assisi Heart to Heart welcomes you back next week for another inspiring chapter from Lessons from the School of Suffering. If you are interested in purchasing a copy of the full recording of this audiobook, either on CDs or through digital download, or a print copy of the book, or other resources available through Heart to Heart Catholic Media Ministry, please visit our website, www.htoh.us. There, you can sign up to receive more inspiring content delivered to your inbox or call us toll-free at 1-877-208-4875 with any prayer requests you have or other help you may need. And please, as always, keep us in your prayers as well. Donations of any size are also greatly appreciated to help support this ministry. This audio recording is copyrighted 2023 by Heart to Heart Catholic Media Ministry. Thank you for listening, and may God bless your heart and the hearts of all of your loved ones.